but a reformed life in and of itself is not what saves a man. But what they won't find is they won't find salvation for their soul because there's not but one way that a man can be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. And that's what I really WBCC Ministries is a Christian ministry dedicated to the work of Jesus Christ in whatever way he may lead. We want to see lives changed as people put faith in him, and we hope that you are drawn to Christ, encouraged, and inspired by the message today. You can currently follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're here. Let's pray before we go further. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for this day, for this great opportunity. It's a privilege to work for you, to know you. God, and we want to know you better. God, and we want to work for you more. Lord, and uh, we all have great, you know, many shortcomings. God, but, uh, but you're sanctifying us by your spirit. Lord, I, I don't know any of us that are just claiming to be perfect uh, vessels, perfect creatures in any way, but we are people who, who love you, and we know you to be a perfect God. Don't always understand all your ways, Lord, but we're learning to trust you more perfectly. God, knowing that when it's, when it's, uh, when it's all done, God, I look back and I just see everything that I didn't understand before. I see that you had a beautiful plan in it. And so wherever we are today that we don't understand, I can see where you have a beautiful plan and trust that you have a beautiful plan in it all. Lord, we just thank you for salvation. We thank you for that gift uh, of salvation through, uh, you know, you know, through faith. And we just want to give you the glory. And I'm asking you to soften every heart. God, soften every mind. God, every spirit. Lord, I'm asking you just, God, help us, Lord, to be able to receive. None can come to you, uh, Lord. None can come to you except that the Father was sent draws. So I'm asking for that drawn today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, got a number of scripture I want to get to. And, and as far as I can tell, we are going to be putting this under our devotional uh, playlist. So that's where you'll find it. And that's kind of the format that we're going with here. Um, but if you will, uh, look into the Word of God with me into uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, again, going to go through several passage, passages here. But I'll tell you up front the heart of what the Lord has dealt with me about. And contained in this phrase here that we're not, the, we're not saved by a reformed life. A reformed life does not save any man. Um, that, that being said, I want, I want to go on record as saying that a reformed life is wonderful. Um, it's a great thing. And, um, men can find reformation in, you know, from various things by various means. And I would net personally, I would never say that there's no benefit and that there's been no positive or, or lasting effect through some of the, um, the efforts made, um, through, uh, programs and excuse me, I bumped the camera there. But if I were to say like, if a person was an alcoholic, you know, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, he can, he can deliver uh, an individual from alcoholism. And I, I just already know so many testimonies. And, but that being said, I do know that there are clinics out there that have helped people. And I'm very appreciative for all of those who will donate time and energy to help a man or help a woman recover from alcoholism. And, um, you know, you could go on and on with like drug addictions and, and all kinds of other vices, you know, that men can find in their life. But, but I want to say this, that, that just because a man may find himself reformed in a way, 
Like say, say they go through a, a, a number of steps in a program and they successfully complete it and they have a community of, of people that are there to help them and support them and be a strength to them, you know, and, and in some ways it, 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 it looks a lot like what you would find in a community of believers, Christian believers and Christian fellowship. And, um, and, and, and I love faith-based programs, but w- what I want to say is, is that this, that even if, even if an institute, a clinic or whatever, and, and I'm, everybody might not would agree with me on this, but I believe this, the statistics are out there that would support it, that, that if a person goes through and follows in the steps and, and, and it, it does all that they can to discipline, that they may very well find some help. But what they won't find is they won't find salvation for their soul, because there's not but one way that a man can be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. And that's what I really want to get at today. The heart of this is that a reformed life may follow and accompany and should follow and accompany salvation, but a reformed life in and of itself is not what saves a man. And um, we live in a, in a culture, especially here you know, in America, where uh, you know we have a, a particular maybe um, group or a set of individuals that maybe would feel like they should be justified and they should be okay as long as they live good, decent, um, what they would consider to be moral lives. You know, they don't murder, they don't cheat on their spouses, they don't, uh, you know, maybe they're not stealing from their company and, and things like that. And so they would consider themselves to be, you know, fairly good individuals. But I remember what Jesus said when a, uh, when a man came up and said, good master, And Jesus' response was so gripping because we know who Christ was. He's that perfect lamb without blemish, had no, no, no problems, no dark areas, no blotches, no, nothing like that. But yet whenever he turned as a man, he turned and said this, why callest thou me good? There's not but one. As a matter of fact, let me, let me find that scripture real quick um, because it's, it's worth looking. It's worth looking at. Give me just one second here. Uh, Matthew nineteen, um, and verse seventeen. And he said, he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And so he's he's stating, um, he's stating there at the central part of that that none's good but God. And so I, I want to lay this out as a foundation that when we when we begin to consider ourselves to be, you know, for the most part, good individuals and fairly moral beings, um, I'm afraid what we have is a very low, a very low sense of the holiness and the righteousness of God. The less we consider who God is and how holy he is and how righteous he is, then excuse me, the more we're able to feel like we are better than we actually are. When uh, the truth of the matter is the word reveals, especially throughout Romans, how that, that we're all sinners. We're all um, unworthy and we're uh, uh, of the grace of God and we're all fit for destruction, but it is the grace of God that saves a man. A reformed life never de- never has and never will save a man. So I encourage a man, get free um, in a sense. Change your life by any means you possibly can. But salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. And I know that that salvation that comes through Jesus Christ will bring a reformation into your life. Like the woman who had... Um, 
had uh, a little bit of leaven and she began to, uh, the Bible says, hide it or, you know, fold it in, massage it in to three measures of meal until the whole lump was le- was leavened. It's a parable Jesus is telling in um, Matthew 13, I believe it is. If, if, if we receive the salvation that Christ is offering us, then it becomes like that leaven. It begins to spread throughout the entire, the entirety of our life. So we'll see reformation of life through the gospel, the, the application of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, in our lives. Uh, but salvation only comes through Jesus. And, uh, we're, you know, we're a little ways into this, uh, already and I'm mindful here of the time, but let's go into first Peter and read some scripture in, in, um, chapter one, verse 17. And if you call on the father who without respective persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear for as much as you know that you're not redeemed, you're not redeemed, you're not purchased, uh, 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 and, and bought back with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, from your fathers. But this is how we're redeemed. With the precious blood of Jesus Christ, with the precious, precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And uh, I, I won't go on and read because I want to get to some other places, but let's take away from that that we're not redeemed with anything in this earth but we have been purchased. We have been redeemed and we've been brought up out of the trash heap. Oh God, we've been brought up out of the trash heap by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for that. In Acts chapter four, um, you know, there's a lot that you, we could read, but I just want to read, start with four and 10. Be it known unto you all, I'm sorry, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation. This is the scripture that I want to get to in this particular uh, passage. Neither is there salvation in any other, talking about the name of, of Christ, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. There is no other means by which we can be redeemed. There is no other way by which we can be. And again, we're talking about, we're talking about understanding the holiness and the righteousness righteousness of God, that he is so, he is so holy. And, and, and you can think about it in terms like this. Um, you know, our lights in our living room, you know, my lights in my living room, they seem to do a really good job, but they're nothing in comparison. They do a really good job at nighttime, but they are nothing in comparison to, to that sun outside the window. And I have noticed on a bright sunny day with the shades open, then it's like it doesn't matter if I turn the lights on or not because these lights will never overcome what the sun is already doing. And so when you consider yourself uh, uh, according to the nature of men in this world, well, that's like that's like turning on a light in the midst of darkness. 
Well, that light's going to seem bright. It's going to seem as bright as, as the noonday because it's shining in the midst of darkness. But when you consider your moral righteousness and your goodness beside the holiness of God, then what you're going to see, it's like turning on a flashlight at, at three o'clock in the afternoon. It has almost no effect. It's nullified by, by the brightness of the sun. And your and my righteousness and my holiness and your holiness is completely nullified by the righteousness and the holiness of God. As a matter of fact, it starts going back the other way. We start seeing how wicked and desperately wicked and deceitful our heart really, really is when we consider it next to the righteousness and the holiness of God. And so what I'm saying is however good a man or a woman, now I'm going to tell you, you might look in the mirror and you might see uh, filth and you might see your unrighteousness. You might see the blackness of your heart. Let me tell you, and I'd like to talk more about it in another session. There's hope for you. But in this session specifically, maybe you're maybe you're uh, like the rest of us trying to be a, a good old boy and do right. And, and maybe you don't have a lot of things that you can look on your rap sheet and say, but, but even the very best that we can do, our righteousness is filthy rags next to his righteousness. There's not but one righteousness that finds us in favor with God. Hallelujah. And that's the righteousness, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only one. So there's no other salvation in any other name. In Romans chapter um, 10, listen to this, if you will, in verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Listen, before I go any further, let me, I'm thinking of a parable in Luke, and I think it's Luke chapter 18, and um, there's two parables there that, that Jesus gives, and, and, and both of them are about prayer. Are about prayer. One of them is, is about, uh, about, about continuing in prayer, and another one is really about the posture of prayer. And he talks about two men going into the temple to pray. One of them was a Pharisee. One of them uh, was a publican, a Pharisee, you know, the religious leaders of the day, lawyers and, and doctors, and um, had great reputations and loved that great reputation. But truth of the matter was they were really hypocritical because, um, you know, they were more into the uh, attention of men rather than the attention of God. But then there was another man who was a publican, and he, being a publican, a tax collector, uh, pulled, uh, I believe in, I believe in many, many cases pulled out of the Jewish people, um, you know, to, to extort the, the money, uh, for the Roman, you know, government at the time. And they were despised and hated and considered to be just the most God awful sinners, if I can put it that way. Well, he begins this parable about this one that he prayed with himself, talking about the Pharisee. And this Pharisee began to say, I thank God I'm not like other men are. I, I, I fast twice a week and I, I give tithes of all that I have. And, um, you know, I pray often and I'm not like even like this publican. So you can look around and see that he's looking, you know, he's looking and he sees this man over here. And he's like, I'm not like this publican here. And the way the Lord began to deal with me about it, sometimes we even look at our own lives where we've reformed ourselves to some degree. And this can even be a danger if um, you're walking with the Lord and God starts working in your life. You can begin to take a lot of credit and you can begin to feel like, you, you know, by your own power, your own holiness, you've become to, re, you know, really started to rise, rise, rise. But the way the Lord showed it, you know, like that Pharisee did, um, you know, I'm not like this other man. 
Or we could even say, I'm not like the man that I used to be and begin to feel very justified for who we are now. Well, at least I'm not who I used to be. Hey, I praise God. I thank God I'm not who I used to be. (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm not who I used to be. I really am. And I know some testimonies of the people local, you know, here. And 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 I'm so glad they're not who they they used to be. But that doesn't mean that I can ever find any kind of confidence in salvation in who I am as opposed or in contrast to who I used to be because the reformed life is not what saved my soul. The precious blood of Jesus Christ is what saved me. This relationship is what's continuing to sanctify me by the Spirit, and I can take no credit and I can take no glory. And so my my good works, my good works, it brings me no salvation. My, my, my The reformation of my life, it brings me no salvation. Um, but, but, but it follows, it follows for sure, um, the salvation that Christ has given me, but, uh, keeping, keeping that close to our heart there, that all the, all the reforming and all of the, the disciplining of our lives can never save us, can never do what the blood of Jesus Christ alone can do in 10 and 10 of Romans for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, that's you today, by the way, whosoever, that's me today, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're talking about calling upon Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord, that same Jesus He's made both Lord and Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, um, in uh, verse 15, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Now, considering what's being said here, we who are Jews by nature, they were the people of the word. They were the people of the law. They were people who understood the commandments of God, had had the commandments of God delivered unto them, and knew what it what it meant to try to adhere to those commandments, you know, those commandments. They knew what that, you know, what that was like. They had that law and, and they had that given to them. But he goes on to say, so we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing, this is what they knew, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, a man's not justified by the works of the law. He's not justified by any um, particular manner of living. Listen, I I want to I want to say this. I don't believe I don't believe anywhere in the scripture. As a matter of fact, one scripture that that stands out to say, you know if a person says, well, it doesn't matter how I live then because you know I'm saved by by grace through faith, so it doesn't matter what I do or what I don't do. But the Bible's pretty clear, and it's another talk, but I want to throw this in there, that don't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. And that's just one way that you can define lasciviousness is like an, an unbridled and untethered lust where you just allow yourself every wanton or reckless desire that, that you would please. Well, the Bible said, please, 
just because you've been saved by grace through faith and not of works, please don't let the grace of God lead you to believe that you can just behave and act and, and feed upon every appetite. There's appetites that you have and that I would have in our nature that's not godly, and we ought not abuse the grace of God and turn it into that. So that's not what he's saying, but he is saying this, that all the goodness that a man may produce and possess will never justify him before God because there's not but one justifier of man before God. And that's, that's the blood of Jesus Christ. We're only according to the word accepted in the blood today. And I want to go on and read here just a minute more. No man is justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed, even we, he said, have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. By the works of the law shall no, 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 no flesh be justified. I'm going to read just a little bit more. There's something else I want to get to here. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Let it not be so. You see what he's saying? Don't be found a sinner being justified by Christ. Don't live as a sinner. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. There's a lot to talk about, but I want to get on. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live. Everything that I do now, it's no longer by works, but I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If righteousness came through reformation of, of life and behavior, then Christ has died in vain. But see, our transgression is so, so severe because God is so, so very holy that it took such a perfect and beautiful uh, remission, uh, you know, uh, atonement uh, for our transgression. Christ took the penalty. Romans tells us the wages of sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life. There's something that's attached to sin, and you can't change that. What goes up must come down. We know what that's mean. And whatever sins is brought to death. But Christ took death for you and me and then was raised again by the power of God so that we could be saved. In Ephesians um, chapter 2, and I'm, I'm getting close to the end here, but, but God who is, in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy, for His greatest love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved hath raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus, only through Christ Jesus. See, the exceeding, the exceeding riches of his grace, why so exceeding? Because we were, because we're so much, we're so much darker in heart than what we realize. And, and I know that you're probably a good human being, you know, uh, you know, by, 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 by the standards of this world. But I want you to understand God's so holy and we're so far from who and what he is. And what bridges the gap between God and man is what the Bible says. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And he's the justifier of all that come unto him. 
He's the justifier. But if a man doesn't come to Christ, if he doesn't come um, to the Father through the Son, then there is no justification for that man in the eyes of God because we are so far, our debt is so great uh, because of the holiness and the righteousness of God, because the uh, the blackness of our heart, whether we understand it or not. Uh, I'll, I'll point you back to that previous analogy. A light in the middle of the day is absolutely nothing, and yours and my righteousness next to the holiness of God actually becomes so, so filthy. I'll go on and, and read this. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I want to read this last verse here for in, in Ephesians. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. There's part of that reformation of life. Unto it, that's, that's following it, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's wonderful. Amen. I'll tell you all the glory goes to the Lord. Matthew 19 and 17. This come to me here just before. Um, we started the, the devotional today. And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I read that one already. That was, that was the other. I was ending there in Ephesians. For we, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. For by, for by grace are ye saved. That's Ephesians 2 and 8. Through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. <laughs> Friend, let me tell you, um, as a human being, I've said this recently, I hope that you live a, a moral life and I hope that you live a decent life as a citizen of the country or whatever country that you're in. Um, I hope that you live a, I hope that you live a good life, you know, for your sake and for the sake of those around you. I hope that you live, um, you know, decent and that you love your neighbor and that you, that you're kind and that you're gentle and that you're good and that you're giving. I really hope all of that, you know, socially, you know, um, a man may be 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 a great neighbor, um, just by just by just by character, just by character. But beyond that, and more than that, my care is for your eternal soul. And it's this: is that you that you come to the same knowledge that we all must come to that there is no salvation, there is no salvation in any other. But through, and, I, and I'll read that again: neither is there salvation there salvation in any other, for there is no there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can call upon the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. You can call upon and whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. And uh, I, I'm so glad if you're living a decent life, whomever you are, uh, I'm glad that you're living that. And, and I don't discount that. And I don't discredit that. But I'm telling you that salvation only comes by Jesus. Jesus, you're the only one, God, that can save our, our soul. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to hear more, please visit WVCC Ministries on YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. You can also visit us in person at Walker Valley Community Church in Charleston, Tennessee. We'd love to share the gospel with you and help you cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ.